0: In the talk this evening, I would like to speak about new beginnings. Change is an actuality that is integral to all of our lives. There is no one who remains untouched by the forces of change. There is no one who has the power to control all of the changes that come into their lives. Within our own life experience, people are born and they die. We all of us in our lives in different moments experience separation and loss, disillusionment and disappointment. We also, all of us in our lives, experience the beginnings of new moments of bonding and new moments of connection. Sometimes change feels like an experience that happens to us. We don't always initiate it. We don't always welcome it. And sometimes change feels to be an an experience and a process that is born within us and initiated by us, and we welcome it. Sometimes there are differing motivations that lead us to bring about conscious changes in our lives. Sometimes the changes in our lives are motivated by discontent and sometimes even by desperation. Change begins with awareness. Conscious change always begins with awareness. We may become become somewhat aware in our lives of something missing, of something lacking. I actually believe that within each human heart there does lie the mystic who longs for greatness, for fulfillment, for freedom. Sometimes our awareness of our lives tells us that perhaps our lives are not motivated or inspired by a great sense of meaning. Sometimes we find ourselves in our lives inhabiting identities or roles that feel like a prison that brings suffering to us. Sometimes change is motivated simply because we become tired Of habit, or of living in a mechanical way. So we initiate change. We begin a path of exploration, a quest for discovery, for a deeper sense of understanding. That quest holds within it a certain longing, a longing for a a sense of meaning and authenticity. And sometimes in making those changes or in beginning those journeys, we actually feel that we have no choice. That we feel that we at times feel that unless we make changes, our only alternative is perhaps to accept in our lives unhappiness or frustration or despair. There are also many moments in our lives when and times when change is not necessarily born of pain at all. The quest for change, that sense of discovery, can also be born of a sense of joy and happiness and an inspiration to explore. There are many moments in our lives, contacts and interactions, that awaken within ourselves our own, sense of creativity. We become more attuned to an awakened sense of possibility. All of us experience in our lives moments which make a profound impression upon us. They may be moments of great intimacy or love with another person. They may be moments of deep peace in nature or in meditation. There may be moments of stillness, profound feelings of connectedness. All of these moments touch our hearts and our consciousness in a way that opens us to a greater sense of possibility. Will we begin to question? Will we begin to deeply question whether conflict or alienation or numbness or chaos whether any of these actually need to be necessary companions to being alive. We begin to trust in our possibilities, to trust that there may well be a way of living where there is an enduring and a very deep sense of harmony, of compassion and wisdom. When I was in California this year, I saw someone wearing a T-shirt. It said, suffering is optional. (laughs) Maybe this is possible for us. This sense of exploration is actually a quality of almost a divine curiosity because we don't have any guarantees of what is possible for us. We sometimes really don't even have a very sure or certain path to follow. And yet there is this quality of questioning that inspires in us a willingness to explore the depths of our own consciousness and lives, to actually question, what does it mean to live in an authentic way? What does it mean to live in a wise way? All of these moments of questioning, <clears throat> these moments of exploring, they are all times of change. Something happens within every moment of change in our lives. There are times when much of what we know and much of what we are familiar with actually begins to come to an end. And endings in our lives challenge us. Endings in our lives challenges us on the deepest level of our being. In moments of change we face some of life's most fundamental truths, that there is nothing that is actually predictable, that there is actually nothing that we can truly rely upon for security and safety. There is no identity, nothing within our circumstances that we can rely upon to find any kind of sanctuary in, outside of ourselves. We learn the truth, or some begin to understand the truth, about our illusions of control, that no matter how much we armor ourselves in our lives, we do not always control what comes to us. We also understand the truth that we can't always even control the way in which we experience change both inwardly and outwardly. Sometimes we have certain ideals and we would wish and intend to meet the challenges and the changes in our lives with grace and with acceptance and with courage and with compassion. But I think it is also true for us that the moments of change in our lives are the moments that bring us face to face with our own demons. That it is in these moments of change that we encounter anxiety and fear and resistance and and anger at times. Now, every moment of change, whether it is conscious or whether it is imposed upon us, is a moment of of upheaval, inwardly and outwardly. And those moments of upheaval invite us, at times demand of us, that we discover new ways of responding, new ways of being present in a world which is no longer so familiar to us. Change at times means that our identities are challenged. We may no longer be the son or the daughter. We may no longer be the mother or the partner or the colleague. We may no longer be the person who we believed ourselves to be. And in many of the changes in our lives, small and large, we leave behind the familiarity of the past. And in doing that, we enter into untraveled territory. And this asks of us a renewal of our consciousness to discover new ways of seeing ourselves, new ways of seeing other people, and new ways of seeing our world. Moments of change ask us to make new beginnings in ourselves, in our relationships, and in our lives. Now, there are times, it is true, when we are dragged, kicking and screaming, into those new beginnings. We don't want to let go. We don't want things to change. We feel fairly happy with a world that's familiar to us. We, at times, feel fairly happy with identities that are known to us. We don't necessarily welcome change for many reasons. Sometimes people say, well, I'm too tired or I'm too old to make new beginnings. The good news is that this practice is a path for late bloomers. (laughs) Sometimes we (laughs) hanker. We find ourselves looking back. the past with a certain amount of regret oh if only this hadn't happened if only i didn't have to change if only things could stay the same sometimes we don't feel ready we want to say to the world or we want to say to our minds hold on a minute i'm not ready to change or i'm not ready to meet these changes Unfortunately, again, the world is not interested in listening. There are times when we meet loss and separation, when the first things that our mind does is to try and reassemble the broken pieces of our lives into a familiar order, but it doesn't work. And at times we don't always trust our capacity to begin again. We don't always trust that we are able to make new beginnings in our lives. There are also times when the new beginnings that we make in our lives, the changes that are happened, are welcomed with delight. We feel ready. We feel ready to go on a journey. We feel ready to embark on a path that we are tired of living in a way in which we feel exiled, from what feels true or authentic within ourselves and our life directions. Sometimes we feel excited about the possibilities that new beginnings seem to offer us. And what is very important to understand is new beginnings are not just about making outer changes in our lives. They are about discovering the deepest, most true understanding of who we are. Change has the power to overthrow our assumptions and our conclusions about ourselves. You know, harmony in life is to live in accord with actuality, to live in accord with what is. To live in that way of harmony there are many times when we must question our identities and must be willing to embrace change. To take nothing for granted, not the security of our personal world nor the familiarity of our personal identities, change challenges us to ask that most fundamental of questions, Who am I? Asks of us a renewal of consciousness, The Buddha was once asked, what should we do with pain? What should we do with suffering? And he said, you've got some choices here. One thing that you can do is to follow the pathway of the victim. Why does this always happen to me? What have I done to deserve all of this? I get more than my fair share of suffering in this world. Something is wrong with me. Another path is the path of blame. It's somebody's fault. And I'm going to find out whose fault it is. (laughs) Another path the Buddha didn't mention, but I would like to add, is the path of guilt. I must have done something to deserve all of this. I'm sure it's my unworthiness or my lack of something that has somehow brought all of this difficulty into my life. And the Buddha also said, there's another path. It is the path of inquiry, the path of questioning, the path of looking, what is the cause of suffering? What is the end of suffering? This is a path, this path of questioning, is a path of making new beginnings. Change invites us to wake up in our lives. It invites us to awaken to what is truly significant to us. It invites us to be present. And many times when people come on meditation retreats, they come with that sense of making a new beginning, looking for a way of renewal, a way of freshness, a kind of innocence. And it is important to understand that meditation offers the possibility but also emphasizes the wisdom of making new beginnings in each moment. There are many times in our lives when endings are acutely painful to us because we have forgotten the art of making new beginnings, because we have taken things for granted, lived within the world of assumptions, lived within the world of conclusions, because we have lost touch with that art of making new beginnings in each moment. Endings come as a surprise. Endings are not a surprise. To be willing and consciously willing and ready to make new beginnings in each moment is a way that delivers to us, offers to us, the strength and the courage and the grace to embrace the endings in our lives. Now in meditation we have an intimate and immediate encounter with the world of change. When we take the time to be still and present, we experience a changing world. We experience the way in which our thoughts arise and pass. We experience at times the the insubstantiality of some of that movement. You can spend a morning tied and entangled within some incredible inner soap opera and drama, you know, where everything feels tragic, and dramatic, and you know, you're know, you kind of gasping for breath at the intensity of it all. It's forgotten over the beans that you eat at lunchtime. We have a conclusion. We reach about ourselves on the basis of a sitting, on the basis of a walking. You know, I'm so terrible, I'm so terrific. The next sitting, the next walking is sure to alter that conclusion. The feelings that appear so solid, Change into something else. Sometimes it feels as if we are on a kind of new new Disneyland-type ride, you know, the Zafu roller coaster. And we see sadness turn to excitement. Elation turns to depression. Moments of sensitivity are lost in a sea of mud. Our assumptions, our conclusions, our certainties they are all challenged. There is not so much to hold on to. We also experience at times feel very challenged by our inability to control this ride. We would like to be the driver. We feel like a passenger at times, pushed and pulled by the circumstances of our mind. How many of your thoughts did you invite today? How many of your feelings did you invite today? How many of your mind states did you invite today? Probably not very many of them. What is the way way of being present in this roller coaster? What is the way of being that allows us to be awake without being overwhelmed? First of all, to be awake, We need to be willing to be here. We need to be willing to embrace all of this movement and all of this change because it is teaching us something. It is telling us about ourselves. It is telling us about our world. The lessons of change are the lessons of letting go. The lessons of change teach us about impermanence. As long as we are holding on to what has already gone by, we are not ready, not able to receive what is. Change teaches us the lessons of humility, of not resting upon any conclusion, not resting within any sense of I know, because what we are so sure of in one moment, we are going to be equally unsure of in the next. Change also teaches us about the new beginnings that are offered to us in each moment, about letting go of judgment. No matter how much time we spend wandering, fantasizing, daydreaming, no matter if we've spent our whole lives numb, no matter how strongly ingrained our patterns of judgment are, the moment that we are awake, we can begin again. We can begin anew. We can see freshly. We can let go of what has already gone by. It is a kind of innocence. I would not like to imply that new beginnings are an automatic product of change. To be able to learn from the changes in our lives does actually require a certain relationship and a certain attitude. We might reflect a little bit on what is really needed for us to be able to make new beginnings consciously and clearly in our lives. Our minds have probably come up with a number of different qualities. We need that attitude of willingness to be open to, to be interested in learning from what the changes in our lives are teaching us. Unless we have this attitude of willingness and openness to learning, unfortunately, life is something that happens to us. We need a certain quality of courage courage to make new beginnings. It is not easy for anyone to let go of what is familiar, of what is loved, of what is cared for, of what we have affection for. It is not easy for any of us to let go of what is known, because in a way these are sanctuaries of safety. We need compassion to make new beginnings. There are many times that we stumble, that we make mistakes, that we blow it, to have the willingness to begin again. And mostly to make new beginnings we need faith. We need trust. In the Zen tradition, as Anna mentioned on on the first evening of this retreat, the beginner's mind is the open mind. The beginner's mind is not a blank mind. It's not a dead mind. The beginner's mind is much more a ready mind. A mind that is ready to receive, to learn, to welcome. And as Suzuki Roshi said, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, and in the expert's mind, there are few. We'd like to look at the place of faith in this journey that we're making here, and in this journey that we're making in our lives the way in which faith enables us to embrace change with an open heart, to make new beginnings with courage. Faith is a crucial quality in meditation in our lives that often gets distorted by the associations we carry. Some of you, you know, have gone to schools and convents or come out of very religious backgrounds, orthodox religious backgrounds, Sometimes experience faith as being something that we invest in something outside of ourselves, something greater than ourselves. Faith is sometimes used or we're tempted to use it to make sense out of chaos in our world. Sometimes we are encouraged to have blind faith in someone else, in something else, wiser than ourselves. And sometimes with that background, we find we hear this word faith and we cringe, you know. And there's this kind of rebelliousness against it. Some people don't come from a religious background, you know. They don't necessarily have any idea what this thing faith is. What does it look like? How do you get it? What does it do? What does it feel like? What is it for? Faith is very important in this practice. It is not the faith in someone else. It's not the faith in something else. It is not the faith in a belief system. It's not the faith in a philosophy that is needed. What is needed is faith in ourselves, learning how to trust ourselves, learning to have faith in our capacity to live as an awake and free and compassionate and wise human being. Faith is a part of vision, having a sense of vision, a vision of our own possibilities. And most of all, faith is the willingness to rest in not knowing. We all have this faith to some degree. If you have difficulty with the word, use the word trust. But we all have faith to some degree. It is what brings us here. When we come here and begin this path and begin this journey, we begin because we hold within our hearts some sense of vision, no matter how quiet or how hidden it is of what is possible for us. It is intuition that brings us here. We don't come to retreats, or I doubt if any of you come to retreats, in order to be more intimately acquainted with what a sore knee feels like, or with what a confused mind feels like, or with what it feels like to, you know, eat beans, you know, that's not what we come to a retreat for. (laughs) We hear in our lives the words, in the spiritual path, we hear the words freedom and peace and compassion and serenity. And somehow these words echo in our own hearts. And perhaps we sense, just as countless people over thousands of years have traveled this path and awakened, have come to know what it means to be free, so too this is possible for us. Faith is that willingness to embrace not knowing, to draw no conclusions, to demand no guarantees, to be willing to receive this moment and all that it offers. To live within this spirit of not knowing is an extraordinary challenge to us. You experience on a moment-to-moment level how eager your mind is to jump out of not knowing. How eager your mind is to categorize and to label all things. To have a description, to have a a label, to have a way of knowing what is happening. You experience at times a lot of busyness in your mind. Look at that busyness. What is it telling you? What is it for? You know, you may experience walking around the grounds. And the mind's on top of it all. You know, it's rearranged the landscaping. It's moved a few stones. It's moved a few trees. It's decided what flowers are attractive and what are unattractive. It's got great plans for the future of IMS. You know, it knows exactly what's going to happen. Everyone wants to be the gardener when they come here, sometimes we sit. Well, we do sit. We're here in silence with all of these other people. We don't know who they are, do we? Maybe. How quickly, even in a silent retreat with our eyes modestly cast on the ground before us, we have decided who are our enemies and who are our friends. Who is a good yogi and who is a terrible yogi? Who needs to work harder and who needs to lay back a bit? (laughs) There are people we may have dismissed and people we may have made a date with already for after the retreat without a word being spoken. (laughs) Look at your thoughts about yourself here. Look at your thoughts about your own experience. Are they useful? Are they helpful? Do they serve you well? Or how many thoughts that arise in a single sitting or in a single walking are a way of categorizing and defining and compartmentalizing our experience? Good sit, bad sit, good mind state, bad one, pretty good walking, not as good as the last one. All oh, the mind is so busy evaluating. It has so much to do. It is like a baseball commentator, feeling obliged to fill in every moment of silence with some words so that it knows what's going on. We are all in training to be sports commentators. (laughs) Now Now, what is all that busyness about? What is it really all about? We don't actually need it. What we are experiencing is the mind's craving for certainty, the craving of the eye to make the world familiar and to find a sanctuary in familiarity because we perceive that if we can make those sanctuaries of familiarity, Through making everything known to us, we will be protected from fear and we will be protected from not knowing. The relentless desire desire of the mind to know offers, it seems, certain promises, the promises of control, of predictability, of guarantees. But it is also true that this relentless push towards knowing and compartmentalizing in a way brings to an end seeing. It brings to an end being. It brings at times an end to openness and to our own willingness to learn. I'd like to read you a story. Some of you have heard before. It's one of my favorite stories. Conversation of an old man to his friend. He says, I have a friend, a woman I know already many years, and one day she's mad at me. From nowhere it comes I have insulted her, she tells me. How? I don't know. Why don't I know? Because I don't know her. She surprised me. That's good. That's how it should be. You cannot tell someone I know you. People jump around. They are like a ball. Rubbery they bounce. A ball cannot be long in one place. Robbery, it must jump. So what do you do to keep a person from jumping? The same as with a ball. You take a pin and stick it in. Make a little hole. It goes flat. When you tell someone, I know you, you put a little pin in. So what should you do? Leave them be. Don't try to make them stand still for your convenience. You don't ever know them. Let people surprise you. This likewise you could do concerning yourself. Now meditation very much encourages us, I feel, to nurture this quality of not knowing, this quality of faith. Every time we begin a retreat, every time we begin a sitting or a walking with an open heart, with a willingness to learn, we make that journey from what is known to what is unknown. Every time we let go of our conclusions, our assumptions, we make that same journey. Every time we are willing to let go of our habits and our props, our definitions, our convictions, our expectations, we are making that same journey from what we know, to what we don't know. In the spiritual journey, we are invited to make that passage in every moment, because those moments of moving from what is known to what is unknown, these are the moments of openness and understanding. And faith is needed to make that passage. The inevitable companion and making the journey from what we know to what is unknown is fear. Now, we might say, oh, I'm not afraid. You know, I'm not afraid. I have no fear. I'm not afraid. I want to make that journey. And yet, we experience hindrances. We experience dullness and numbness and agitation. We experience the reaching mind. We experience the desire to be entertained and preoccupied and filled up. This is fear. This is that reluctance to make that journey, to open simply to the suchness of what is, to make that journey from what is known to what is unknown. As long as we make, you know, we have choices here. Meditation tells us that we have choices. Eventually we have no choices, but first we have choices. We need to see that when we dance with our resistance, we are tied to our resistances. We make certain exchanges in making the choices towards numbness. We exchange wakefulness for fantasy. We may exchange openness for numbness. We need to be aware of where we are making these exchanges and if that is what we really wish. It is not easy to let go. It takes a little practice. It takes a little patience. And it takes a little faith. But mostly it takes an extraordinary depth of willingness. Trust is needed and manifested in our willingness to let go of all of those things that camouflage what is true within ourselves. The willingness to let go of restlessness and seek stillness. The willingness to let go of numbness and seek wakefulness. The willingness to let go of judgment and seek openness. The willingness to start again when we are lost. These are all the manifestations of trust. The willingness to return to being present instead of seeking distance. This is a living trust. It is a covenant we make with ourselves. It is a commitment we make to freedom. Trust is something that is alive. It is embodied in our relationship to ourselves, embodied in our relationship to this moment. It gives us the courage to be open rather than overwhelmed. It is a quality of renewal, There is room for doubt in faith. Not the doubt of despair or depression or passivity. But every moment of genuine doubt is a moment of questioning. And every moment of questioning is a moment of openness. Every moment of doubt, creative doubt, is a moment of saying, I don't know. And that doubt returns us to the moment and returns us to ourselves to seek what is true beneath the world of conclusions and assumptions. Faith is not something that can be based solely upon isolated experiences here or isolated experiences in our lives. Otherwise, we have a very fragile sense of faith. You know, sometimes we see it. You know, we have a terrific sitting. We have so much faith. Oh, yeah, it's a great path, you know. I need more, you know. I need more. I'm already in the office signing up for the three-month course. You know, we have a terrible sitting. The notes are written, canceling it all. You know, I'm a terrible meditator. You cannot base faith simply upon moments of experience. It's too fragile. And it means that you're always looking for signposts. You know, am I doing well? Am I doing badly? You know, am I succeeding? Am I failing? This is not faith. This has nothing to do with faith. This is actually the I reaching for a new identity within the field of experience. Faith is something much deeper than just an identity which is based upon any experience in our lives. Faith has to do with the deepest sense of vision that is possible for us. A vision of freedom, a vision of awakening, a vision of the the compassion, the capacities for compassion and love and wisdom that lie within our own hearts. Trusting in that vision, trusting that intuition. It allows us to stay present. It allows us to be awake. Trust is not something that is necessarily gained through many retreats or through more and more practice. It is a quiet but a very powerful connecting again and again with that sense of possibility and vision within our own being. Think of what difference it might make in your life not to have your identity based upon your past, a conclusion, an image, or an assumption. Think of what difference it might make in your life to trust in a sense of vision, an intuition of your own capacity to be free This is something that we nurture, learning how to rest in not knowing, learning how to let our conclusions be, let our assumptions be, let our judgments be, just let our images be, just let them be, not to get rid of them, not to subscribe to them, but to rest more and more in that sense of openness and not knowing. And we discover the quality of faith, and we discover in a very tangible way the wonder, that sense of wonder of being able to make new beginnings in each moment. May all beings live in peace. May all beings live with compassion. May all beings live with faith. If we have just two minutes quietly together, please come mind.